Field and Company NFL insider, Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk, joins us now. Fired up show today, yelling in hour one and two. I'm just modeling my behavior today off of what I watched last night on the Draymond Green stuff on TNT with Charles and Kenny and <laughs> and Shaq. It was awesome. Draymond Green, apparently, any update on this, anyone? Vast Research Crew? Nothing. Shams, NBA expert, says uh, most likely fine, no suspension for Draymond Green. Miles Simmons covers the NFL, but I know he watches most sports. Miles, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, Draymond Green, suspension worthy with the stomp? Oh, yeah. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> yes. And totally suspension worthy. Do I understand why he did it? Yes. Do I also think that he should be suspended for it? Yes. I mean, you can't just stomp on people, man. I know, you know, he said after the game yesterday, oh, my foot's got to land somewhere. But like, dude, like you can't. Can't stomp on people like that. You really can't do that. He knows better than that, too. He does. I still don't really know what Willie's take on this is. What oh is it? Well, because we went round and round to open the show. It was kind of like I can understand you know, all sides of the story from Willie. I, my take is that I, I don't think – I think if you suspend one, you got to suspend two because it's not the first time that he did it. It's a bonus. So I, I get where – I I understand it's it's kind of like one of those areas where he's got the perfect out. He's got the perfect excuse, but it's no excuse if that makes sense, right? Like what he says if you watch it over and over again makes perfect well, sense. Hold on, hold on, let's do this. Okay. All right. Ari, get on the floor. <laughs> grab my leg. And I'm going to see Well, I mean this is what happened last night on TNT. Uh, we got to play it like, out. Like, play this. Shaq's getting crazy. Then Barkley's like, all right, I'll do it. Like, the big guys are ready to go down on the floor. Play this. Just move away. Move away how? <laughs> Just walk. All right, lay on the floor and grab Michael. No, no. You, you got, got a bad hip. This is not a time Once you lay you on the floor and I'll see if I can stomp on you. All right, come on. Yeah. I'll do it. I'm going to stomp on your face. I can't hurt that thing. He, he didn't have to do what he did. It was excessive. Okay, you hear Kenny there. It was excessive. Ernie's like, he didn't have to do what he did. But I love Papa Ernie has to step in like, Shaq, your hip is jacked. You're not getting on the f- – you're not going down on the floor and pulling your leg and cut it out. But this is what this is what happens on, at times, what is the best sports talk show in the world because, like, the, I'm not going to say they don't like each other, but this is what happens. Some guys get so fired up, not us, that you just start getting crazy. Like, you're not – stop. Your hip is busted, bro. Stop. <laughs> that's why i love that show man they do they just they are so authentically themselves and tnt gives them the leeway to do it and ernie is absolutely the perfect traffic cop because you hear him say you know this is not really the time for a demo guys and he's trying to get them back on track but they're just not listening and it's like hurting cats you know but he, he sometimes somehow some way or he still gets them right. So, well, not yeah. when a game is in full speed mode either, and you're moving you're moving at a fast <laughs> pace, and you're trying to, you know. And the other thing was that when Steve broke it down earlier, Miles, he was like, you know, he yanked his foot away. and So the people that are saying that he yanked his foot away, okay, that means that he did not rear back. He did not rear up with his leg to come down hard. He was pulling his foot away. Then it has to come down. So he didn't necessarily pull it up real hard to come down. He was... Pulling it loose. 
So he there's an argument there. There's an argument there. There, there is an argument, but he still stomped on him. Yeah. I mean, I don't, and that that doesn't justify what Sabonis did either. I mean, I, I don't. Right. I That's would why they that, both yeah, gotta go. He should yeah. probably be suspicious. Yeah, he, yeah I, I, I could agree. He with instigated that as well, it. But, I mean, I just want to know yes, if you've ever did. stomped yes. on anybody for overcooking your steak. <laughs> <laughs> No, I usually just send it back, and then they probably spit in it. But they usually give me a, at least a fresh. They what they say is a fresh one. <laughs> what did you think of uh, the kerfuffle in the stands? The first two games, E forty gets tossed because apparently he was standing too much. And then yeah. last night they had some kid with a cowbell, and I guess the cowbells are big uh, in Sacramento. They got some kid with a cowbell behind Bob Myers, just boom, 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 but like the whole game. But that kid doesn't get tossed. You know, Sacramento is the Florida of California. That, that's basically <laughs> what I've gleaned over the last, I don't know, couple weeks. Because I don't think about Sacramento at all. I mean, as a resident of Los Angeles County and Santa Monica, like that don't I like I don't care about Sacramento. I know it's the capital of California and that's great. But like, I mean, when people think of California, they think of the Bay Area, San Francisco's nice, you know, and people in the Bay Area are supposed to hate us down here in LA. But I don't and I don't think that I don't care. I, I like the Bay Area. Bay Area is very nice. But Sacramento, you get up there and you're just like, oh, what in the world is going on up here, man? Like, why are you playing a cowbell all game in like somebody's ear? Like, isn't that annoying to you? Mm-hmm. Like, what well, what are you doing that that's not annoying to you? And oh, the okay, fact yeah. that you're saying somebody is excessively standing at a playoff game, it's a playoff game, man. What what do you what do you mean? Everybody in the stands was standing. How? At least on uh, the we, TV camera angles that I saw. So the, I, what, what are we talking about? The here? discussion yesterday, we had uh, one person on the show who will go unnamed said that the whole area, that whole section, has to agree we're going to stand the whole game. I'm like, what, what are you? What are we doing here? What? We all have to be in agreement how we're going to behave as fans. I mean, I get. I mean, I I feel like that sometimes at a concert. But like, if the people in the front of the section start standing, then the, yeah, everybody else has just got to do it. Like, it, they paid the most money, so if they're gonna stand, then we all have to. I I don't know. You 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 adapt and adjust. And it's the first playoff game in Sacramento, and God knows how long. It's the first one that's at least ever been in that building that they you know they light the beam for whatever the hell that means. I mean, I know what it means now because I saw it. But like it just. Stand up. It's a playoff game. Get over yourself. So we've gone in a week from DeMar DeRozan's daughter being cute and getting the job done to... Well, I don't think everyone agreed on that one. Well, not not the opponents. Uh, And then now you can't stand, and now there's cowbells. Well, I think think people were afraid to, to get on the daughter because it was a little girl. Tough, but exactly. For, for those of us who are not, who are, oh, I'll go, I'll go wow, as far as saying anti kid. What did Willie slip in there? Tough. Yeah, I well, mean, I, I mean, I'm just saying, if you're gonna, if you're gonna berate, you know, standers, right. and you're gonna berate cowbells, when then you gotta berate the nine year old girl. Let's move on to the NFL questions. Is that too high? <laughs> that was a good one. Do that every time. You can't even hear it. The volume's so low. But that, that's as annoying as that was to Willie in the audience. Yes. <laughs> That was uh, that was a little girl. I think you broke my contact. The, the Rosen's daughter at the game. Um, all right, so yeah. let's get to some football. First of all, Jalen Hurts deal yesterday. Uh, I hate doing yeah. the numbers, but uh, I'll throw it out. Two hundred fifty-five million dollar contract, five-year extension, hundred eighty guaranteed, something like that. Is different injury guarantee. What do you think? Is it too early? Too soon? Eagles getting ahead of the market. I, I love the Eagles getting ahead of the market. I, I think that that's the right decision for them. Because, look, I mean, 
if you are now the Los Angeles Chargers and you've got Justin Herbert and he's also up for a deal, right? I mean, you have to react off of this. You know, if you're Joe Burrow and you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you have to react off of this. So I love that the Eagles were not subtle about their intentions. I mean, Jeff Lurie, their owner, has basically been saying that they want to pay Jalen Hurts only since last year, right? And then, you know, Nick Sirianni's calling him Michael Jordan. You had um, Howie Roseman, their general manager, talking at the, the Combine at the Super Bowl basically being like, yeah, we're prepared to pay him. They put their money where their mouth is. This is something I think that you have to do if you have a franchise quarterback that you have, right? You don't mess around with that. You do it. You get it done. You secure that anchor point for yourself and for your future, and then you have uh, the wherewithal now to be able to go and do everything you need to around that player. So I love it. I love that the Eagles were aggressive. I love that they didn't mess around with it. And I love it for Jalen Hurts, who has earned everything he's gotten. Steve, Willie, Miles Simmons on ESPN Las Vegas. So I guess to your point, Lamar Jackson's not a franchise quarterback to the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think that that's the case because I think it's a little <laughs> more nuanced than that. So so here's the thing, and this is I, I probably have made this point before, but I guess I'll make it again because it's relevant. If you are a quarterback worth your salt after your third season, right? The offseason between your third year and your fourth year is when you get your second contract, is when you start guaranteeing yourself that quote-unquote life-changing money, right? Mm -hmm. We saw it with Kyler Murray last year. His agent made such a stink that the Cardinals knew they were going to have to pay him in order for Kyler Murray to even step on foot on the field in 2022. So they did. They came to a deal. It happened over the summer. It was not unexpected. That's when the usually the time when those kinds of deals happen. So as I go to Lamar Jackson, if Lamar Jackson had representation, this deal would have been done two years ago, and Lamar Jackson would already have a bunch of money that he could be swimming in the swimming pool in, right? But he doesn't. And some of this money is never coming back because he has played the last two years of his rookie contract. And it's just... It's bad business. So where are we today? All right. Lamar Jackson, I think, is going to have to realize or figure out, okay, if I want a fully guaranteed contract and no one is willing to do that, then at some point I'm going to have to either lower my standards or I'm not going to get anything at all. I mean, th that's just where we are. I mean, um, Mike Florio, who I work with at Pro Football Talk, I think he either wrote this or he's going to write this because we were talking about it privately earlier. If you have a car and you want to sell it for $50,000 and nobody is giving you an offer for your $50,000 car, but they are giving you a $30,000 offer, eventually you're either going to have to eat that off and just say, all right, I'll keep the thing and I'm not going to do anything with it, or I'm going to accept the $30,000 offer and get rid of the car because I don't need it. This is where Lamar Jackson is. So I don't really know where it's going to go. I've said, you know, many times it's an, he's an unpredictable actor. We never would have thought that we would be here. And that doesn't mean that he's crazy or something because somebody, you know, got in my mentions and accused me of saying that I, I'm talking about Lamar Jackson like he's crazy. I don't think he's crazy. I just think he's unpredictable and I think he's a bad businessman. Those are two different things to me. Wait, on the $50,000 car, <laughs> do you desperately need oh, the boy. money? Do you have, do you, like, are you in trouble? You need the money? You you need to get rid of the car. Why you're you're moving across the country? You're you need to sell it. Mm, okay, well, are you sure that part that was part of the conversation, or did I just add another real question? I think you added the another. You, yeah. you added another you variable had, into the mix. You should have had a, a deeper conversation about this. I don't. I don't like yeah. the analogy. I don't. Well, here's why I don't like the analogy. I think 
Lamar Jackson can sit. He has enough money, I think. And I would wait until Herbert and Burrow sign their deals. You, it, Why? Herbert, Herbert, Herbert and Burrow are insane if they accept a deal that doesn't have at least a fully guaranteed $230 million like Deshaun Watson does. They They're are, not going to do they that. They are stupid if they do that. They're, Why? But, but Steve. That's the market. Steve, and they're better. But is it the market, though? I mean, is the, or is the market what Jalen Hurts just got? Her, okay, Jalen Hurts, Hurts, got, Hurts got 180. Watson Hurts, is the precedent for, Hurts is the precedent for the 2020 draft class, which is what Herbert and uh, Burrow are a part of. Right, and I want 230. I'm better. I'll come out and say it. I'm better and a better character person than Deshaun Watson. I want that or I'm sitting out. I, I include I include Lamar in all of this. Like yes. he's part of that mix too. Yes. Wait. Yeah. I, I well, I, th I think what people? you're saying I think what you're saying is fair, but I think what you're saying is impractical and I think it's unrealistic. And I think part of it too is the escrow rule. And now when we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and we're talking about the Los Angeles Chargers, these are oh, not yeah. oh, two yeah. Oh, yeah. ownership yep. groups yeah. that are flush with cash, right? This is not Los Angeles Rams stand Kroenke. This is not, you know, hopefully Josh Harris will be confirmed as the commander's owner sooner than later. This is not um, David Tepper. This is not the Walton Penner group there in Denver where they are flush with cash. This, this stuff don't matter, right? The escrow rule where you have to have the vast majority of guaranteed money in an escrow account means that $230 million set aside for one particular player guaranteed at signing is very, very, very difficult for them to do. And I'm talking about the Los Angeles Chargers and the Cincinnati Bengals. So that's part of why that's not going to happen. I mean, there are many, many reasons, but that's one of them. And so that's also not going to be a feather in the cap for Lamar Jackson when you're talking about these three quarterbacks who are going to get deals. I mean, one already has one in Hurts, and Burrow and Herbert are going to get deals too. And the fact that you've got all of these different examples that show you Deshaun Watson was the outlier with the fully guaranteed contract. And he was in a situation where he said, I'm not playing for this team anymore. And I have four teams that are lining up to try to acquire me, despite the fact that I am uh, facing over two dozen lawsuits for sexual misconduct. And the, also, you know, the fact that I told the Browns they're done. And now the Browns are so desperate that they have to get back in it. That is not the situation that Lamar Jackson is in at all. It's not. And so I don't know how he is going to either realize that or, you know, just figure that, man, I got to take what I can get. Man. But at a certain point, I feel like he's got to do that. Otherwise, I mean, he's going to be in line to make $32 million this year, which is ridiculous because he is way better than a $32 million quarterback. Just such a disappointing line of thinking. From you, from me, yes, from you, and from and and from Charles Barkley. I wanted to point out that uh, oh, yeah. Barkley said basically what we're just talking about that the owners are looking at Lamar Jackson and they're like, "Hey, please don't give Lamar Jackson guaranteed money because if I'll quote him, if you give this guy guaranteed money, I'm going to have to give Herbert guaranteed money. I'm going to have to give Burrow guaranteed money. We can't give all these guys guaranteed money. I don't care about the escrow. I don't care about your personal wealth. If you can't afford to own a football team, that's on you, Spanos." That's on you, Brown family. And the way that the union has buckled over the years with this stupid franchise tag rule, these are these are the guy. Lamar's not the guy. 
But these are the guys to go, hey, you want your rule? Well, then when I have maximum flex power, I'm not playing for a cent less than $230 million fully guaranteed, and let's have a showdown. Now, who breaks first? I don't know. Maybe maybe all, all, all three ownership groups will say to Lamar and Burrow and Herbert, you can all sit out. And then I would love, at that point, I would love to see what the fan reaction is. Are they all, all three are villains? I don't know. I mean, I honest to goodness, I have no idea. And I think it might differ from market to market. I, I think at this point, the Ravens seem more like villains, um, at least in that market and, and based off the reaction. But I don't, I, I see if you're thinking of this as like a revolutionary and I'm thinking of it as a pragmatist, <laughs> right? Because I, I am, I am, right. I am, but a de- I am deeply, deeply pragmatic. I got it. And practical. And like, to me, that's why I, I am approaching it in my thinking the way I am, because yeah. you Lamar Jackson, as I continue to say, and it's moot right now, but he should have been paid before. Like, this is mm-hmm. not something that we should be dealing with in the summer and spring of 2023 when he won an MVP in 2019 and he was eligible for contract extension after. That. I mean, like this. I don't know. It, it frustrates me because I find it to be bad business. But I mean, if you are looking at it like Lamar Jackson and saying, well, I, if he got that, I deserve it. Then I mean, like, I, I don't really disagree with that. But as a practical matter, you're not going to get it right now. Right. <laughs> so and I'm, and I'm, I'm also I'm applying my standards like I can live on crusty ham sandwiches for the rest of my life. I don't I don't care. And if I were those guys, I'm going to get some money at some point. Like, like, I'm not going to get busted by holding out and really trying to break this whole thing. Like, I'm going right. to get tens of millions of dollars. I have a unique skill set. I'm not saying me, but those three quarterbacks, yes. I have a unique skill set. There's only, you know, whatever you want to put the number at, like 50 people in the world who can do what I do, and I'm amongst the top 12. I'm young. I'm getting my money. I'm willing to go to the brink, but you're right. Oftentimes, people are more practical. What Le'Veon Bell did was a disaster, so maybe that's a cautionary tale, but I think a running back versus a quarterback is much different. It is much different. And also you have the example of a, a Kirk Cousins who, you know, played yeah. bet on himself proverbially, you know, did the couple franchise tags and then cashed in with a shorter term fully guaranteed deal um, in free agency with the Vikings. And he's made a, a crap ton of money. And, you know, Kirk Cousins is not nearly as good as Lamar Jackson. I think we would all agree with that. So, yeah. Let's bring it down a notch. Okay. I would like some milk right now and some animal crackers. I know it's out of nowhere, but uh, as Ari brought up, it's National Animal Animal Cracker Day. Uh, he says it's a solid snack choice with an identity crisis. Interesting. Are we all animal cracker uh, animal cracker people? I've I've actually picked up some bad ones recently, so they're not all good. Wait, some bad animal crack like yeah. stale animal crackers. Uh, big box store like changed the flavor. It was. Not very flavorful. What? I'm not going to mention which one. Oh, no, no. Yeah. See, that's not what you want they at all. You should have that natural kind of shortbread flavor, right? That, yes. Yeah, that original, yeah. Mm-hmm, a little sweetness. I, it I, should remind yep. you of a Girl Scout cookie. This wasn't sweet. Ugh. And, and of course, at the big box store, you buy, like, a garbage can full of them, and okay. I don't throw yes. anything was, out, and that gonna, thing yeah, sat on my yeah, counter yeah, yeah. for okay. three months, and no one touched it. Okay, that's the oh, one. No. That's the thing oh, that I pictured God. when I heard you. When in my head, oh, when I heard so you say, "I picked some up," I'm thinking he grabbed one of those big clear barrels with the red top. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, Miles? It's, got, it's yeah. probably got like, yeah. Instead of just the little box, I, I went for a value look, play. Like I, a, I cost me sometimes. I, I try to go value. So you were pragmatic in that. I'm, one. I'm stupid. Ah! Yes. 
yeah, sometimes my <laughs> pragmatism, if that's a word, uh, will, will I will point you. out that if, Miles, if you were so much of, as the practical guy, you wouldn't be dinking around with the $50,000 car. You would just drive a value car, you know, somewhere around twenty five, thirty grand. Oh, was this him? Was that, was that story about him? I don't no, know it was oh, not okay, about me. Right, no, 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 no. <laughs> I wish I could afford a $50,000 Just for the record, for both of you, if I was stuck with a $50,000, I would call some of the old homies and have them take it to the chop shop, and I would just claim an oh, insurance. Boy. There you go. Uh, Vegas! There you go. Yeah, that's probably smart. You're from mm-hmm. Cleveland. You know this. Come on. Uh, I guess Tricks I do. Tricks of the trade. Miles, mm-hmm. you're a wonderful human being, and uh, we did not talk draft with you, so I'm sure you're kind of happy. I am very happy about that, but I guess we can talk that next week since it'll be, you know, actually draft week then. Viva la revolution! <laughs> we'll see you. <laughs> see you guys. I don't know what accent that was, but I tried. Keep it locked right here. Cofield and Company will return in minutes on ESPN Las Vegas. There's no minutes restriction in terms of what I've been told. Other than the obvious, he hasn't played in a long time, so you got to be careful. you got to think big picture here a little bit and not run him into the ground the first game he's back. So, but having said that, once the game's on, you're, you're, you're cleared to play, you're cleared to play. It's just, um, I imagine there'll be rust, whether that's conditioning rust or hockey playing rust. It might be both or one. Um, we'll find out. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Well, I want to get back to a little more Draymond Green uh, in about 10 minutes. Colin Cowherd had some really interesting things to say about Draymond and went back in the history books. So that's coming up in less than 10. Willie is heading out in a little bit to go cover VGK and Winnipeg. You hear Bruce Cassidy on the way back saying no minutes restriction. Willie backed that up earlier by saying, hey, you know, you can't can't go in, you know, 75%. Yeah. You're going to go out there, and Stone is going to go out there and play his game, just like every other guy. If, even if they're 80%, 90%, you go and play your game. Right. And that's – I mean, that's – this is not the, this is not the time of the year to, to observe. Like, in a regular season game, if they were testing the waters, they could pull them and then, you know, run 11 forwards instead of 12. You know, but that's not happening in the playoffs. So – and Mark Stone's not going to accept coming in and – playing half-assed that's just not his style so he he's going to be a big presence in the locker room he's going to be a big presence on the bench and he's going to be a big presence on the ice so back to a couple of things we just got done with mm. um one we are all pro animal cracker or not i am yeah sure i love it yeah i love animal crackers yeah. and, if, and if they're good i don't know i just got a bad batch i will never get that brand again well, don't get the barrel. It was like Just organic. It was like organic, healthy. I'm like, no. Oh man, come on. Sweet taste. You didn't say all. See, you gotta, you got you have to disclose that you, from the jump. You don't get organic animal crackers. Do you bite them in half? Do you bite the limbs off? You bite the head off? How do you do it? Depends on you the throw animal. a whole. Do you throw the whole cracker in? Depends on the animal, really. It does. <laughs> Are there certain animals you won't? Well, if there are just, limbs remember? hanging off, if it's if it's if it's perfectly round or square, and there's no limbs to bite, then no, the whole thing goes in. Okay, I decapitate almost every animal. What does that say about me? Do I need to get on the couch? No. Our, our, I, soon, our side couch when we need a break? When I start yelling at you an hour one, go sit on the it couch. It also depends Calm if down. I got the munchies. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Delicately eat them or what? I eat them. I just, I'm stuck on the organic thing. I, I don't think Horrendous. that's a factor here. No, I really oh, don't. Really? Have you, I mean, oh, have you eaten like an organic cucumber versus a non-organic oh, cucumber? Yeah. No. How different is it? It's, no. it's arguably better. So what I think, think they're or, thinking maybe organic, like vegan like, or something like organic that. Organic cookies just means doesn't taste good. 
It it probably doesn't have processed sugar. Mm-hmm. If you're going in for Ugh. cookies, just go for the cookies. I agree. You just got to go. I for made it. the mistake. Not that I agree. With I you. made the mistake. <laughs> okay, was I showing youthful ignorance in my revolutionary thoughts about NFL quarterbacks? Because I find Charles Barkley talking about this really interesting. So Barkley goes on a show in Cleveland. And he says, quote, Lamar, you're playing with fire, brother. You're going to get burnt. These dudes are all billionaires. They're not going to let you screw up their business model. You've got to take the best deal. Do you agree with that? I don't know if you have to settle for the best. Here's where I think Lamar Jackson has screwed up, honestly. I think he needs an agent. I agree with that. You focus on football. You focus on your training. Yep. You focus on getting better and be, and and continuing to be as I have said, and I don't know anymore. But the overall best athlete, not the best quarterback, Pat Mahomes has that. But you focus on your game and your skill and your craft. You Let your people, agent do your job. You pay people to fight the battle. Yes. You don't want to fight to like to Barkley's point, that billionaire thing. You don't want to sit there and battle with billionaires and their minions. Right. And here's the thing. A lot of these guys, right, pro athletes, pro men and women, you have agents. And in your mind, you're thinking, well, yeah, well, that agent's getting a piece. But when you are Lamar Jackson and you're you're telling your agent, I want to clear this, okay, they're going to make sure that their agent fee, whatever, that's going to factor in above and beyond the salary. You know what I'm saying? So – as long as he gets what he wants, then I'll get mine. I'm not going to get you what I can and then take my cut. I mean, if Jalen Hurts really got $180 million guaranteed, I would go work with those ladies, those agents. Yeah. That would be the smart move. Yeah. I think that's – I think that – when Lamar Jackson's biggest mistake is that he he's being stubborn in – I don't think it's being stubborn in holding out for what you deserve because he, he deserves to get what he's worth. But I think his mistake is holding out and not using an agent. So Barkley is a good guest, and I don't think he brought this up on his own. I'm sure he was asked about it. Tell me if I lack objectivity on this one. I've heard Barkley say that he doesn't like people who didn't play basketball giving opinions on basketball. Chuck, you didn't play football at the highest level. And negotiating a football contract – like, if I'm Lamar Jackson and, I, you know, a friendly chat with, with Charles, like, I appreciate your advice, but you didn't play football. Did you have a guaranteed contract? Yeah, I don't. I don't. So the simple notion that just take what you can get, right. nah. Not when my every time I walk on the field, leg snappage could be at hand, and then I don't have guaranteed money, so I got to fight for as much as possible, Chuck. Now you you listen, didn't play football. You listened to this? No. Oh, because uh, I'm wondering. You know, did they press the issue or did he offer it up? Because if he's asked the question, and you're Charles Barkley, you're you're going to give your opinion. But if he didn't offer it up, then maybe he's not well, just. I don't think it matters if they if they probably asked him. Hey, what do you think of little Mar Jackson contract situation? Right, so he gave his opinion. And I guess tone tone could matter. Like if he's if the tone is strong and he's like Lamar, you're a moron. Right, right, right. That's not what he. That's not. I'm reading the quotes. Yeah. No, I got you. I didn't know if you listened to But I think to basketball it. players need to be really careful when they start talking about football. The contracts are a lot different. I, I also I think the league is a lot different. I'm not going to say, you know, it's benevolent billionaires who own things in the NBA, but the NBA and the union have fought for a hell of a deal mm-hmm. over the years. They've done pretty well for themselves. Absolutely. Football, not so much. And Lamar Jackson has no 
Like he he wasn't in the negotiating room setting up this stupid franchise tag system. It does seem very reckless every year in the offseason because we're always saying, you know, every year, like last year, who was the person everyone was like, oh, man, he opened the door. Devontae Adams, right? He set precedent for a lot of receivers and everything was like, oh, 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 look at this deal. This year, every time somebody signs a deal, oh, this is good news for Lamar. Oh, this is bad news for Lamar. It's it's very reckless every offseason. There really is no standard set. So every year, someone's setting a new standard. You're fighting for the best deal possible and the most guaranteed money possible. Yeah. And I'm sure the rest of the play, like running backs look at quarterbacks and they're like, hey, good for you guys, man. Man, I wish I was a quarterback. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Eckler to a certain extent, screwed. Can make big money for one year, but also their career could be over, and then all of a sudden the owner's like, hey, we don't need you anymore. Sorry. Sorry about that contract. Now that I've gotten you to snap, I'm going to be – my negotiating power is – my leverage is going up. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. There's a respect there. <laughs> There's a respect there. Uh, let's give away some tickets right now. 364-1100, caller 7. Iggy Pop is playing – with some folks from Red Hot Chili Peppers, also uh, Duff McKagan from Guns N' Roses. Ticketmaster.com is where you can get the tickets. April 29th, April 29th, later this month, a couple Saturdays from now, The Pearl inside the Palms. Ari's got two tickets right now, 364-1100, caller 7. Two tickets to go see Iggy Pop. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield & Co. Lots of takes today on Draymond Green. The stomp on Sabonis. Sabonis starts it by grabbing his leg. An incredulous. Can you do me a favor? We haven't played this in a couple hours. Can you get me a Draymond leg? Ari's here, steering the ship. So Draymond Green last night, another playoff action where it's suspension worthy. TNT crew gets into it. They're arguing with each other. They want to get down on the floor and start stomping each other. That's how worked up people get. That's why the NBA is great, too. Super physical game. And there's been suspensions in the past that have affected series. Draymond cost his team a championship. There's not even an argument with that one. By acting like a jackass years back. And last night he comes in after stomping on Sabonis' chest and just incredulously is like, eh, you know what? What else could I do? What else could I do? Grab my leg. My leg got grabbed second time in two nights. Referees just watch it. I got to land my foot somewhere. And I'm not the most flexible person, so it's not stretching that far. I, I can only step so far and pulling my leg away is what it is. Man, there he is, Dr. Dre. Master of kinesiology. Funny watching the uh, video of Draymond Green on the ground in the past grabbing the leg of Dylan Brooks. And Dylan Brooks somehow found a way to not step on Draymond Green or donkey kick him in the face. But no other option. No other option for Draymond. Just ridiculous. We know it is. The NBA has been dealing with, you know, the hard asses over the years. And it, it, listen, these guys are a necessary part of the game. You'll hear Colin Cowherd talk about it. Heard, of course, over on our sister station, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Goes down the path of defending Dr. Dre, as we like to call him. But a lot of it is based in the history of the league that you, you know, there are guys like this, the guys who walk the line, the physical guys who protect the stars. He's the edge the Warriors need. He's the bouncer at the cool nightclub. He's tough. He's relentless. Steve Kerr has told people I know privately, 
his value at practice, his value on the flight, his value off the floor is even bigger than it is on the floor. I take the good with the bad, and I didn't think it was that bad. Sabonis is a pro wrestler writhing in pain. Oh, my gosh. He's always, oh, please. His dad played in the 90s. Sabonis is a tough guy. His dad was a tough guy. He knows what it's all about, and he grabbed Draymond's foot. He does know what it's all about. He grabbed his foot, and then he did probably embellish a bit. He got x-rays. Turns out nothing wrong with the sternum or his ribs. By the way, to, to equate your dad and who you are because your dad was a tough guy, my dad is a lot tougher than I am. And I consider myself to be somewhat resilient, but not even close. I have no idea if DeMontis Sabonis is tough because Arvidas was big and tough. Yeah, both sides are at fault. And it doesn't mean you just wash your hands of it because Draymond's got such a deep history of being a fool on the floor and putting other players in danger, like I said, kicking another player and breaking his wrist years ago, claiming that, well, you know, it's just natural shooting action on a three is to kick my leg out and hit a 6'9 guy in the hand. Okay. But the leash gets longer with Draymond Green. I mean, he's really close to completely effing over his team if he got suspended for game three, which is coming up on Thursday. Here's a little more heard with the historical backing of Draymond just because, well, there have been tough guys in the past, so you have to be lenient with these tough guys. Every dynasty's got a tough guy. I grew up in the 1970s, Maurice Lucas of the Blazers. Lonnie Shelton of the Sonics once got robbed at gunpoint, grabbed the guy's wrist and broke it and bunched him and knocked him out. Michael Cooper of the Lakers. Look it up, by the way. Lambeer, Rodman. Udonis Haslam for the Heat. Every nightclub needs a bouncer. And most teams that win championships and become dynasties have great offensive players. Who's going to be the tough guy? Who's going to be the annoying guy? All cool. But the bouncer at the bar can't split your head open on a toilet. Trust me. Didn't happen to me, but it happened to one of my friends at a bar back east where, hey, it got a little too froggy. You know, little turnbuckle action on the toilet. Knocked the guy out. Lawsuit. Now, I'm not saying that Sabonis is going to sue Draymond Green, but it was over the line. He should be suspended, but the league is very lenient with him. So we're going to see Draymond, and then we wonder how he plays. Does he go hyper-aggressive because he's like, hey, they didn't do anything, so now I can do whatever I want. Um, I say it all the time. If I were the Kings, when I had my opportunity, I would take it into my own hands. So. I wouldn't wait for Draymond Green to potentially injure one of my players. I mean, I was I was getting fired up for game three by watching Lakers and Celtics in the 80s, and I'm not saying that era was tougher, but sometimes there was just payback. And look it up. You know, Rambis fast break. It's a great highlight. Showtime Lakers break out. Rambis going up. Kevin McHale, really good player, put himself at risk. Freaking clothesline, you can hear the audible, ooh. So maybe Draymond Green is such a badass based on what we saw with that punch of Jordan Poole, which essentially was a sucker sucker punch, but that people are afraid of him. But I don't know, man. I wouldn't I wouldn't let it happen. Did any by the way, did anyone look up? I bet you already did. Did anyone look up the reference to Lonnie Shelton? What a good throwback. 
And good story there by Cowherd. That's why I listen to sports talk radio. I want thought-provoking stuff where maybe I don't know something. And Cowherd's like two years older than me, but I hadn't heard the story of Lonnie Shelton, who is actually from one of our favorite towns on this show in California, Bakersfield. I liked it. Others didn't. But, yeah, UPI story from 1984, Lonnie Shelton. There is a holdup suspect in jail who either suffers from poor eyesight or delusions of grandeur. Boy, they could write in the 80s. He made the mistake of trying to rob six foot eight, 275-pound Cleveland Cavs forward Lonnie Shelton. Shelton relieved the man of his gun and gave him the beating of his life he also tried to convert him. Yeah, the story was someone, an armed robber, approached Shelton and his girlfriend, Kathy, outside a downho- uh, downtown hotel. Tuesday, this is 1984, they were about to go to dinner. The spokesperson said the robber pulled out a 357 Magnum, told Shelton to hand over all of his money. Instead, Shelton, Colin's favorite, tough guy, I bet you Draymond Green could do this, too. Uh, Grabbed the gun, which fired twice and damaged a parked car. Pulled it out of the man's hand. Green said Shelton then, uh, this is the spokesperson, Shelton then gave the gun to his girlfriend and began beating the hell out of the suspect. Someone serving as a witness said the girlfriend was waving the gun in the air. She looked like someone from Charlie's Angels. That's an old reference. I like that. Uh, Shelton, a born-again Christian, got the man on the ground, telling him that only God could save him. When the man refused to take the advice on religion, Shelton took other measures. Shelton said, by the way, this story, if this happened now, I think Lonnie Shelton might be in some trouble. He says, he started squirming around, so I hit him in the head with a rock. All right. So maybe that's how he broke his wrist. According to Colin, that he had uh, he had broken his arm, but Shelton had to get four stitches in his hand, was unable to practice the next day. But he is expected back. Ah, the old days! The old days is expected back for Saturday's home game. He toughed it out. Uh, the whole point is we understand, Colin, and we understand other old heads and people who love basketball now that you need enforcers, but there is a line, and the NBA is playing with fire by allowing Draymond Green, essentially enabling Draymond Green to go out on Thursday and act like a complete lunatic if he wants, if you're not going to toss him or suspend him. Miss any of the show? We've got you covered. Head to lvsportsnetwork.com and go to podcasts to listen to all of your favorite LV Sports Network shows anytime from any place. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Grab a quick look at the scoreboard here with the playoffs going on and uh, – Then I've got a couple of things on the transfer portal. We try to update you at least once a day on what's going on with the transfer portal because now we already were dealing with the basketball, the men's basketball transfer portal. And by the way, the women's is actually kind of busy too, but the men's basketball transfer portal. But now football is open again. So UNLV football had a lot of action of guys going into the portal. So we'll tell you about that here in just a second. Uh, NBA, six minutes left. Boston's up 13 on Atlanta. Chance to take a 2-0 lead against the Hawks for the Celtics. Cleveland is bombing the Knicks by 20, 59-39 at the half. Darius Garland has 26 in that one. And then the Clippers and Phoenix. Be interesting. Clips beat up, but they took game one. 
I don't think the Clippers are going to be able to win this series without a healthier unit, but I like the start because I have the Clippers plus 375 in the series. VGK and the Jets going at it in about 40 minutes over at the Fortress. That number sits at 155. Golden Knights are favored against Winnipeg. Rangers, the end of two, are up 3-0 on the Devils. Tampa out to a quick start. Early second, it's 3-1. Lightning on top of the Leafs, 3-1. And then Seattle-Colorado, which is a great game to cap things off. That's on ESPN. Knights are on ESPN. Two. Earlier in the day, beginning of a doubleheader, two games for the Phillies, 7-4 victory for the Las Vegas Phillies. Bryson Stott, two for five, 17-game hit streak since the beginning of the season, and now the Phillies in the second game trail. 3-0, that one is in the fifth. Stott without a hit. Come on, Bryson. Uh, Falter getting knocked around and on the bump for Chicago with a no-hitter through five is Lucas Giolito, who actually gave up a walk, so no perfect game to this point. Um, Interesting tweet earlier from our buddy Wyatt Tomchak, who is on the play-by-play for the Lady Rebels. He tweeted out a tradition like none other starts today. Pay to watch all the Braves games. I didn't know he was a Braves fan. But since I live in Las Vegas, can't watch the game tonight against the Padres because Vegas is blacked out by six teams. As we've mentioned, baseball believes that access to their games is a you problem that you have to deal with. And listen, Wyatt wants to watch the game, so I can't tell him don't buy it. Find other ways to watch the games or don't buy it. Maybe if we actually hit baseball in the pocket, they'll care. But based on their behavior around the way the Oakland A's are treating fans, uh, they're not going to rush to fix the stupid baseball package with half dozen plus teams blacked out in this market, which is absurd. Like we're going to drive uh, anywhere, especially with some of these some of these teams. Uh, a drive to San Diego or the Angels. Or the Dodgers, not bad, but blacking out the Giants and the A's, completely absurd. In the back. Stick your hand in there, Dave. So, you and run or Rebel Basketball were waiting on the portal. Nothing has been announced yet. There were some uh, internet jabronis who started rolling out that they got some commits. That started back on Thursday. My guess is if the Rebels have gotten commits from some players are keeping it quiet. That's kind of the way they operated last year, and you're going to get them in bunches. So I wouldn't freak out on that one. It's coming. It's coming. They've had visitors in. I think they're trying to use you know some commits to get other commits, if it makes sense. But it is hard watching, especially in the Mountain West Conference. Teams like Boise and San Diego State load up. Uh, meanwhile, the rest of the conference, whoo, We all got some work to do. We all got some work to do in the Mountain West region. Wyoming has lost a bunch of guys. Reno today, after finding out Will Baker, their center, committed to LSU, one of their promising freshmen, Trey Pettigrew, left for Bradley. Freshman of the year in the conference, Darian Williams, who played at Bishop Gorman for a couple years, leaves the Wolfpack, leaves the conference, commits to Texas Tech. That was on the heels of a top-five player in the conference, Stephen Ashworth, yesterday announcing that he had committed to Creighton. So, bummer times right now, but this is the way the system works, and I'm sure teams are going to start picking up, especially some of the Power 5 guys who are getting squeezed out by the group of five guys who are moving up. 
Stick your hand in there, Dave. Football portal today for UNLV. Well, let's see. Yesterday, Harrison Bailey, quarterback, went in. Over the weekend, one of the running backs they brought in a transfer. He decided to go back in, Gary Quarles. Uh, LPJ, one of the defensive backs, Pleasant Johnson, he went in a couple of days ago. Mendiola Jensen went in a couple of months ago. He was another defensive back. It became officially official that one of the starting offensive linemen, Preston Nichols, is in the portal. We had tweeted that out on April 6th, so just a confirmation on that one. Sean Grayson, a tight end, into the portal, and one of the punters, Hunter Ridley, into the portal. But as I've told you a couple times over the last couple weeks, they have a lot, a lot of volume at certain positions, and their numbers are pretty big, and they still have this last recruiting class, the lion's share of the group, is still to come in. So they actually needed about 8, 10, or 12 guys to decide to move on. So that is happening. There was a little bit of a rush today, but again, nothing to freak out about, and I still think the Rebels could try to fill needs at the big running back position, a big receiver, some more offensive linemen, could be a couple other positions that they try to fortify. So they'll get some guys out. They'll probably pull five or six out, and you're going to see 10 or 12 leave the program. That is kind of the way of the world now in college football. Good job by Ari. Thanks to Willie. Enjoy the Knights tonight.